Hey guys, welcome to What's Next with Lisa. I'm your host, Lisa, and this is episode six. Today is June 5th, 2020, and today we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite topic, feelings. So feelings, I know, everyone's favorite subject. And the reason I wanted to go back through and do a specific episode on feelings is that If you've listened to my previous episodes, I've been asking you to get in touch with what you need a lot. And it occurred to me that to really know what you need and what you want, you really have to understand what it is you're feeling. And I have to tell you, I have a lot of patients in my private practice when I say, what do you need? How can you communicate that to your partner? How can you communicate that to yourself? They have no idea what they need. And they'll even tell me that. They'll say, I have no idea. And a lot of people don't even know where to begin to figure that out. And so I've talked a lot about honoring and being in touch with what you need. And it occurred to me, actually yesterday, while in private practice, um, after I had the second patient in a row tell me they had no idea what they needed anymore, whether it be because they prioritized other people or they just hadn't been in touch with what they're feeling, I thought, no, I think rather than knowing what you need, you have to first know what you're feeling. And you've got to push through that uncomfortable fear or those feelings of discomfort for being in touch with um, your feelings. So in this episode, we're going to go through how to feel, how to get what you need, and I'll explain what your feelings are, how to use them, And in turn, how that's going to get you much more connected and grounded with yourself. And it seems like a really simple concept, but trust me, it's a little more difficult than a lot of people think because I think we've been conditioned to just feel the right things, to feel happy, to feel optimistic. And we've never really learned, a lot of us, how to sit with negative feelings and to know that that doesn't make us any weaker or less than because we have negative feelings. And I think if I can describe to you the actual process that's going on, it's going to give you a lot of insight into what you can do with those feelings. But first, as always, I like to take a question from the previous episode. And if you have questions or concerns or things you're struggling with that you'd like me to try to address, please email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at What's Next with Lisa. You can DM me there, but I'd love to get your feedback. I appreciate all the questions and um, let's get into this one. So on Wednesday's episode, episode five, I talked about getting to the root of your anger and then managing your emotional investment in people around you which is a pretty big topic and one that um, I think could benefit from some self-reflection and really getting to the bottom of what makes you angry. But here's the question. Lisa, I've noticed lately that I just tend to feel angry almost all of the time. I'm 34 years old and have always had a bit of a short fuse, but I'm not sure what's making me even more angry lately. There's no one big thing that's happened to me. It just kind of creeps in throughout the day. Can you offer any ideas on how to figure out why this anger continues to creep in throughout the day? Which is, you know, I think a really great question and I think it's something that plagues a lot of us when we're feeling off center or we're feeling a bit on edge and it's hard to get to the bottom of that sometimes if there's no one big thing or trauma or thing that's causing you pain. 
And so I think what I'm hearing in this question is an overall feeling of what I call intensity and very little patience. So you kind of feel like everything's intensified. Little things that maybe normally wouldn't make you mad are intensified and making you really angry. And so if you're unable to identify one specific circumstance or an activator, as I called it, then here's what I would suggest. So try running through this checklist and see if this helps. So one, it's always a good idea to kind of take a few minutes of quiet and check in with yourself. See how much time you're logging stressing or worrying about other things in your life. So that could be finances, it could be work security, a relationship, things that aren't feeling really solid in your life. If you're stressing about those things, and a lot of times we don't even realize we're stressing because we get into this sort of chronic state of worry. Um, I can tell you that prolonged worry and stress leaves you really short-tempered And you could be lashing out at others because you're not addressing what's stressing you out or worrying you in the first place. So that can come out in the form of getting really angry when you drive or angry with coworkers. And that's going to creep in throughout the day because when you wake up, a lot of us feel, okay, it's a new day. I'm ready to take this on. But if you're not resolving things that are stressing you, um, that's going to creep in throughout the day. So that's a a pretty distinct possibility. So take, you know, take a moment, check in with yourself and say, how much stress do I have in my life right now? What am I worried about? And how can I try to resolve that? What can I control? So try to take your power back when it comes to that. The second thing, you know, I would recommend is to check in with yourself and think about your own personal history with anger. So Did your parents or family members get angry a lot? Um, Is that how they coped with stressful situations? It could be a subconscious default to just how you're coping with stress. And if that's what was modeled for you as you grew up, coping with anger, it might be something that you're doing without even realizing it, that you've adapted this coping skill as well. And so rather than feeling and dealing with things you tend to get this short fuse that creeps in throughout the day and you get more and more impatient with things. And you've got to learn how to express your anger appropriately, express your frustrations, and because those have a tendency to simmer over and lead to a chronic state of anger. So, you know, positive expression of anger, it's okay to say you're angry. It's okay to say this worries me and this stresses me. Nobody expects you to have it all together. I will say you may be the one that expects you to have it all together. So take the pressure off of yourself. Remind yourself that you're human. And if you need to express some anger and frustration, talk to somebody about it. Write it down in a journal. You know, there are a lot of healthy ways to express anger and try to resolve that within yourself before it gets to the point of boiling over. And the last thing that I just want to remind you is that it's always important to check in with yourself, remind yourself that you're human, and like I said, it's okay to express anger. It's okay that things and people can aggravate you and activate you. That's life and you're human. So I don't want to set a precedent that you're never allowed to be angry. The trick is to express that anger in a healthy, appropriate way. So if you have an interaction that day that feels charged and you think, God, that's not like me. Why am I so on edge? Check in with yourself. 
Try to resolve it. Don't forget to have compassion for yourself and know that you're doing the best that you can and express that anger. It's okay. It's okay if you do it in a healthy way. We're human. Things are going to make us mad. Um, the point in and the important part is to resolve those as they come up. So I hope that helps you. Um, as always, like I said, guys, email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram or Twitter. DM me there. Let me know what you're struggling with. Um, and I'm I can try to help. And if I need to do a show topic on it, I want to do that too. Because like I said, I am doing this for you guys. So today is June 5th, 2020. On to episode six. Everyone's favorite topic. feelings. Was that funny? I hope it was. So it's like this huge gloom and doom. So I thought the sound effect was appropriate. Everyone's favorite topic, feelings. Pretty standard question we all get every day is, hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And we're all pretty good at giving standard answers like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Hanging in there. And it's It's like these conditioned responses, right? And this type of thinking, if you don't really mean it, it leads you down that road that you've conditioned yourself to stay safe in. And it's a slippery slope, right? Because if you just say, I'm good, but you're pushing down negative feelings or feelings that don't feel good all the time, you're not resolving those and processing those. And so the first thing that I think is really important for everyone to understand and might give you some insight into those scary feelings is that it's important to distinguish between a feeling and an emotion. And a lot of times we use those terms interchangeably. And I want you to be able to understand what's actually going on in your brain and your body so you can start to take control over how you respond and what you're feeling. And it's it's totally possible to do. Um, It just takes a lot of self-awareness and getting to the bottom of a few things. So first of all, an emotion or an emotional response, that's happening on the inside of your body. It's physical. So we, and then once we have that physical reaction to a stimuli, then we formulate a feeling that we associate it in our minds. So for example, you feel things like excitement, sadness, shame after your body responds to whatever is making your mind aware of how you're feeling. So we all have pretty basic human emotions, meaning those situations where your heart starts to race, um, you blush, you're sweating, you've got stomach issues, you've got sweaty palms, you start to shake. Those are emotional responses. Those are emotions, okay? Your feelings are in response to in response to that. And they're yours. They're uniquely yours. They're what make you you. And that's a good thing, guys. There's no right or wrong answer with how you're feeling. They are a part of you and they're what makes you you, which is beautifully human. So the good and the bad. So as hard as it is, I want you to start thinking about trying to appreciate these feelings, okay? And while it would be ideal in a perfect world to numb all of the negative feelings 
That's just not how it works. And trust me, that's not how you'd want it to work. So the negative makes the good better. Sad makes happy happier. You have to have something to compare and contrast it to or your brain's like, wait, it's all the same. So we want negative and positive emotions. Your brain needs that so you can feel things like joy and excitement. And so here's where it gets um, a little tricky, but here's where you've got some power that you can take back. What you associate with an emotion is actually what determines your feeling. So what you're associating with that physical response is what determines your feelings. So here's a pretty simple example, but I think it's good because it'll get you guys thinking. Let's say you're walking down the street, everything's going great, you're happy, it's a beautiful day outside, and then all of a sudden you run into an ex unexpectedly. And your heart starts racing, your palms are sweating, you can't think straight, And that is your emotional response to that stimulus, okay? Then the feeling that your brain is going to choose to associate with that emotion depends on what you associate with that X, so that stimulus, right? So is it, it could be fear because maybe that was a painful experience for you. It could be shame or sadness because maybe that person represents a failure or hurt and what you associate with that, you will feel. So if we start to work on associating more positive experiences, so if you have an ex and that was really painful and you've put the work in to grieve that relationship, you've cried it out, you've been angry and sad, and then you associate growth with that ex and you say, you know what, this made me a better person and it made me ready for my next relationship to make it a positive one. When you see that ex unexpectedly on the street, you're probably still going to get the same emotional reaction. Your heart might skip a little bit. You might get a little sweaty. But if you've associated growth with that experience, it's going to be a much more empowered feeling. It won't be one of shame or sadness or fear. It's going to be one of maybe your grateful that it didn't work out because you're in a better place. Maybe you're going to be happy that you don't have to see that person every day. And so what you choose to associate with your experiences, so how you choose to come through something painful or difficult is what you're going to associate with that emotion, which means your feelings will center around that association. So do you see where You have an opportunity to take some of your power back here. And even really difficult situations, if you can start to associate positive things with those emotions, and even if it's like thinking back and thinking about the good times and sending it love and light and saying, you know, that was a really hard thing and I'm allowed to be sad or upset about that. I'm allowed to have some fear surrounding that. Absolutely. But if you start to try to bring the positive, so think about the good things about that person. Think about the good times that you had. Think about the person you were when you were with them and how you're growing into an even better version of you. Your feelings are going to start to come around and they'll be much more positive. And here's the thing. We can't always pick them, right? So you can't always pick your feelings. A lot of them are automatic, as you guys know. And sometimes 
you take a step back and you're like, gosh, why does this make me so upset? Why does it make me so sad? And because our brain's really good at being automatic and trying to protect us. And so a lot of times your brain wants to go to that negative emotion because it thinks, "Uh oh, we better protect you. So we're going to get angry about this or we're going to feel sad about this. But it's really about recognizing that and being self-aware of what our associations are in order to process and work through the negative stuff. So when you become really self-aware of what you're associating to something, that's when you have the power to change that association. And changing what you think about a situation is going to help your feelings follow suit. And that's how you take your power back. Negative emotions don't make you broken or flawed or weak or less than. I cannot stress that enough. I see this a lot with my younger clients where they're almost afraid to feel something negative. They're afraid that if they feel sad or if they're they're feeling confused or disappointed, that that makes them weak or less than. You guys, that makes you human. It's really about learning how to sit with those negative emotions and saying, I'm going to let this come in, I'm going to figure it out, and then I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to move forward. It's okay. And it's, it's a lot easier said than done, like a lot of the things I say on this podcast, but with effort and a commitment to thinking about these things. And I'm not saying you have to take an entire day and think about your associations. You know, we all pretty much are, we all pretty much know what we associate with certain people and things and places. And you have a choice on trying to see the good, but also recognizing the bad and processing that and then turning it into something better for you. Remember what I say, we can blame people for a lot of things. You're 100% responsible for what you do with them. So if you had a really bad experience with a person or even a place, I'm not saying to avoid processing and dealing with that negative thing. I'm saying process it, accept it, which doesn't mean you say it's okay. It means you drop the need for a different outcome. So accepting it, grieving it if you need to, getting angry if you need to, and then turning it into something that works for you. You turn your pain into something that works for you and accept responsibility for your own life. That's where you take your power back over your feelings, okay? And so the key component to understanding and processing your feelings, hear me when I say this, is self-compassion. You've got to extend the same kindness and support to yourself that you put out into the world and give to others. That means you've got to go easy on yourself sometimes. And when you put pressure on yourself to feel a certain way or do a certain thing, that's not always a good thing. It's usually a negative thing. And so, you know, an example I always use for my clients is if you had a best friend that came to you and was really struggling and down on themselves and say they lost a job and they came to you and said, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I lost this job. What am I going to do? Nobody's going to hire me. This is awful. And they were really, really down on themselves. Would you look at them and say, God, you're an idiot? I mean, I would hope not. (laughs) 
I think that if it's your best friend and you care about them, you would help support them through it. You'd validate them. You'd find out what happened. You would then remind them of all the good things they have to offer in this world, of all the good things that they offer to other people and all the wonderful skills that they have, and you would support them through it. You have to give yourself the same kindness and self-compassion. We make mistakes. We're human. It's how you rise from them that matters. It's how you change things that matters, and it's how you get self-accountable that matters. And that means loving yourself the most. That means being kind to yourself, not putting pressure on yourself every day. So just take a breath and remember that the relationship you foster with yourself is the most important one you'll ever take care of. Be kind to yourself. And that's going to show in your relationships, in your jobs, with your kids, with your spouses. Be kind to yourself. And so one more quick point on feelings and emotions. I want to remind you of this too. So emotions tend to come from two main sources, love or empowerment or fear or slash survival mode. So love and fear. And if if your feelings are leaning toward fear and survival, you've got an opportunity here to try to make a shift back to love and empowerment. And when I talk about fear or love, I want you to think about that when it comes to associating your physical responses, right? So fear is going to keep you stuck. Fear is going to keep you stuck associating negative things all the time because you're on guard. You don't want to get hurt again. You're afraid that something bad's going to happen again, which is a completely natural thing. However, I would challenge you to try to move that needle back to love because Love is going to move you through it. Love and acceptance and trying to pull the good from something is going to move you through it. And something that I like to also help my private practice patients with is if you're struggling with moving that needle back to love, try waking up in the morning and setting an intention, okay? So set an intention can be one, I mean up to three. I wouldn't go more than three because that's when I think we get overwhelmed and probably really hard on ourselves. So set an attainable goal and try to set an intention each day with how you want to feel. And then check in with yourself and say, hey, am I feeling this way today? What can I do to bring this back to a place of love and empowerment? And so, you know, for example, maybe you want to feel peaceful Maybe you want to feel accomplished. Maybe you want to feel healthy, fulfilled. Those are really good things um, to want to feel. But set that intention in the morning and then check in with yourself a couple of times throughout the day and see how you're doing living up to that. If it's just not your day and you're having a really tough time, pick one. Pick one. And I would recommend picking acceptance. I want to feel accepted. Accept yourself. Accept that this isn't your day and that's okay. And give yourself some compassion and love and and see if you can click that needle, your associations back to love and empowerment. Fear and survival is like constant survival mode and you're not making choices that probably feel great to you. It's keeping you stuck. It's keeping you afraid. Love and empowerment takes your power back. And it says, what can I do with this? This is an awful situation, but what can I do with it? 
and you'll see your feelings start to follow suit. And so one more little homework exercise that I love to give people that aren't super comfortable with feeling is take at least 10 minutes. It can be more, but I always say a minimum of 10 minutes at the end of every day. Get your get your journal out, your notebook out, and I want you to recap your day in feelings. And so think about your day and think about all the feelings you felt. Write them down and recap your day rather than in events. I want you to write down your feelings about those events. And then if there's a negative feeling, I want you to try to attach a need to it. And so there's where the need comes in. And here's where you get really comfortable with your feelings. If you've got a negative feeling, what do you need to resolve that? What do you need to do, feel, or say to resolve that? Then I want you to read it back to yourself. Out loud is always preferable because it gives your brain something tangible to process. But try doing that every day. And I think you'll be surprised at what you're feeling and you don't even realize it. And it's going to get you really good, really fast at being comfortable with your feelings and then changing and attaching a need to whatever doesn't feel good. So it's kind of a, a linear process in a sense. When you get good at feeling, when you get comfortable with your feelings, you get comfortable with what you need. And for far too long, what I've been seeing is a lot of people just aren't comfortable feeling. And I think a lot of it is that they don't understand it. They don't understand what they're feeling because they don't understand what they're associating with this experience. And it all works together to get you really confident about feelings. And they're not that scary, guys. They're what make you you. So I want you to try to celebrate them because... They're what make you unique. They're what makes you human and they're uncomfortable. But as I've said before, I want you to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. You got to push through it. You've got to get comfortable with your feelings to get comfortable with what you need. So try that journal entry exercise. Um, Let me know what you think. And so if you have questions about this episode, Email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram or Twitter at what's next with Lisa. And I will definitely try to address it on air. But just remember, celebrate the fact that you're human. Celebrate the fact that you have positive and negative experiences, emotions, and feelings. And then work within that to just get comfortable and accepting of it. That's where the magic happens, guys. Accept the fact that you're beautifully human and there's good stuff and bad stuff. Move that needle back to love and empowerment. Take charge of that. And let me know what you think. So have a great day. It's Friday. You made it. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Take care of yourselves. See ya.